Now, The Federal Drive with Tom Temin on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, underwritten by Impress Technology Solutions and Dell EMC. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. Six minutes past the hour. I'm Jared Servu, filling in for Tom Temin. Our producers are Lauren Larson and Eric White. Our digital editors are Amelia Brust and David Thornton. Coming up on this hour of The Federal Drive, the role of data hygiene in the zero-trust security model. Also, NIST aims to get more out of its new solar power array than just electricity for its campus. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of The Federal Drive. First up, though, the House Oversight and Reform Committee is trying again to advance some sort of bipartisan postal reform this year. Key members on the committee have been trying for years to change the U.S. Postal Service's business model and reverse its financial situation. The Postal Service says it will run out of cash by 2024 without legislative changes. And as Federal News Network's Nicole Agrisco reports, achieving consensus on that legislation will be tough. The House Oversight and Reform Committee says it'll try again to push some kind of postal reform out the door into the president's desk later this year. Why? Because it has to. Postmaster General Megan Brennan. Even if the Postal Service decides to continue with our current pattern of defaults, absent legislative and regulatory reforms, we are likely to run out of cash in 2024. The Postal Service has suffered $69 billion in net losses over the last decade. Total mail volume is down 31 percent, and first-class mail is down 41 percent since 2007. A big part of the losses are due to the requirement that USPS pre-fund health benefits for its retirees. Brennan says this specific mandate accounts for 80 percent of the agency's losses in recent years, and it's defaulted on $48 billion in these mandatory payments since 2012 to save cash. But if the Postal Service did make all of these legally mandated payments in 2019, Brennan says it'll be out of cash by 2020. That's next year. Nearly everyone on the House Oversight Committee agrees these challenges are unavoidable. The committee has tried for years to address them. It unanimously passed bipartisan postal legislation back in 2017, but the bill never made it to the House floor for a vote. Congressman Elijah Cummings is the chairman of the Oversight and Reform Committee. So today, it is our responsibility to move further than we did in the past. We now have a whole new Congress. We now have members that are new to this committee and new to this issue. I hope today's hearing will be an opportunity for all of our members, new and old, to get an overview of the challenges faced by our Postal Service and to get an update on its current financial condition and to hear about the many different proposals that have been made for reform. Congress and the USPS have heard their fair share of proposals in recent years. The president's postal task force last year made a variety of recommendations and the Office of Management and Budget recommended the Postal Service essentially privatize. Chris Edwards is the director of tax policy for the Cato Institute. The crisis here is much more dire, I think, than a lot of people are recognizing. Those health care costs keep accruing every year. Uh, First-class mail volume keeps plunging. I would agree with the USPS that we should raise the price cap on their monopoly products, but we, then we should open them to competition. You can't have one without the other. You need to protect consumers by opening up the USPS to competition at the same time, giving them the flexibility. I mean, the, the marketplace is changing dramatically. Amazon's getting into uh, delivery, uh, it looks like, down the road. We need to let USPS defend itself. And the way 
way to do that is to privatize them, open them up, let them, uh, give them pricing flexibility, and let them uh, diversify into other businesses. That's the way to, that they can defend themselves and, frankly, their workers in the long run. Brendan says she's been working with the Postal Board of Governors to come up with a business plan that would restore financial stability to USPS over the next 10 years. She says the goal is to find cost savings and revenue-producing ideas that will address a $125 billion funding shortfall that USPS will experience in the next decade. Brennan says the plan will be ready for Congress to review in the next 45 days or so. But that's not fast enough for some members. Republican Congressman Mark Meadows with Postmaster General Brennan. How long are we going to have to wait for a plan to come from the board, Ms. Brennan? I mean, we've been dealing with this. It's been in crisis mode for two or three years. When are we going to have a plan? And yes, and if this committee had acted and if we were able to pass reform, we'd be in much better position That's, today. You're changing, goal that, will, you're changing the goalposts You're changing the goalposts, Ms. Brennan. I ask you for a plan to make it solvent long term. Fair enough. And we are finalizing a plan that addresses a $125 billion gap, Congressman. That's not something you do overnight. So I apologize if I did not get the plan and Did you just recently find out that you had this gap? No, sir. Neither did I. When we spoke, we knew the crisis we were at, and yet you sat in my office and didn't give me the details and lacked the courtesy of following up to let me know that it was, was being held up. We had to follow up with you. So I, how do you I take an advocate? I that then, Congressman Meadows. I don't want, I'd like you to remain an advocate. You've been a tireless advocate for the Postal Service, and we need you to continue to support well, I the need, Postal Service. I need a plan. Fair enough. I need a plan. Even my Democrat colleagues today understand we need a plan. Still, Brennan says Congress could get started on its own to develop legislative proposals that would implement a lot of the key changes that stakeholders have already agreed to. Postal unions and others say the pre-funding mandate has to go. Here's Brennan with Congressman Meadows. This committee can act now on the core provisions that have been communicated that have gained broad support among key stakeholders that will go a long way in putting us on firmer financial footing and giving us some runway, Congressman, to try to build consensus for a plan that will address broader structural issues. As you well know, we need stakeholder consensus in order to move legislation. We are not going to do a part-time bailout. I think the chairman would agree with me here. We want a plan so you're not back here in two years asking for more money. Many members of the committee understood Meadows' need for urgency. Congressman Jim Jordan is the committee's ranking member. This is a slow-motion train wreck that keeps getting worse while Congress looks on. The situation is untenable under current law, and congressional action is required to stop the bleeding and prevent a catastrophic financial reckoning that would actually soak taxpayers. We need real institutional reform. Can't afford to keep moving money from one financially failing program into another. Some reforms are quite obvious. We must require the Postal Board of Governors to have fiduciary duties to a newly defined stakeholder, the American taxpayer. That this is not already the mandate of the government-run service is just flat out wrong. If we fail to act, we risk a taxpayer bailout of the U.S. Postal Service, something that I could not support. The reforms have been right in front of us for over a decade, but we've lacked the courage to act. Some of the young members of Congress who are relatively new to the Postal Service's financial situation also weighed in. Congresswoman Alexandria Stasio-Cortez. We do need a plan, but we need a plan. Congress needs a plan because before 2006, 
things were fine on your end. And it was in 2006 where we passed legislation that required the, the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act that required you to fully pre-fund the Postal Service's portion of the cost providing health care for future retirees. Is that correct? That's correct. So when you opened today, you talked about how a lot of the failures in our system have to do with a failed business model. And that business model was changed in large part by us. Is that correct? That's correct. It was imposed on the Postal Service by the Congress. So this was an, an imposition on us. We created this problem. And I, I would say that we created this problem. For now, though, a specific plan for Congress and postal reform still seems elusive. And the minor success the committee experienced back in 2017 seems like a tough task. Chairman Cummings. The thing that really, I guess, concerns me is we were so much there. We had a solution. And it was a solution that I felt pretty good about, Mr. Meadows felt good about. Um, and I'm hoping that, and I've looked at the, the commission's reports and all that kind of stuff, I think still think it's the best solution. Uh, how we'll be able to get back to that level of comfort, and again, I'm not saying that everybody's going to be comfortable, but the level of comfort we had with the bill that came out of this committee, committee unanimously, unanimously. Um, I don't know how we're going to do that, but we're going to, we're going to try. Nicola Grisco for Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. And you can find Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still ahead on Federal News Radio, NIST aims to get more out of its new solar power array than just electricity for its campus. That's next on The Federal Drive with Tom Temin on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jared Serbu filling in for Tom. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.